Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand the mind of your child, and we encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee, and in today's podcast, Dr. Gutstein explains the link between dynamic intelligence and learning from our experiences. Let's listen in. I think what's really important is that in RDI, we're beginning one element of living in a dynamic, thriving in a dynamic environment, which is this idea that um, we can improvise. I can be an improvisational person. I can, you know, add things to, I can see the continuity. I can see the framework, right? Uh, I don't have to have the rigid rules. I don't have to have the sequence. I can continue to see, and then I can contribute to that. I can add to that. Right? I'm not just responding to you, but we're co-creating. I think that co-creative excitement, right, is the essence of why one of the reasons why we love to, you know, we relate to others, right, and, and why you know society grows and, and scientific discoveries get made and, and other creative things get done. Uh, we don't usually the idea of someone sitting on their own just creating things in their own mind is largely a fallacy, right? Not that. You, at least bounce things off of people and so many things these you know are, are co-creations right and so much of life is about that whether it's marriage or church parents or friends and, and it's about that that improvisational capacity if we can always predict everything the other person's going to do and say why bother being with we say that so, you know, we and when people get divorced, often one of the common points is there was nothing left in our marriage. We already knew everything we were going to do and say, and there was no room for anything new. You know, um, it tells you a little bit about the need, not just for relatedness, but for a relationship that continues to allow the members of that relationship to create, to grow together, to experiment, to explore right within within those boundaries of frameworks that our culture supplies us with. Um, so that's one element. And the other, of course, element is when we can reflect and we can um, anticipate and we can prepare and we can imagine. All those require a bit of distance. They require uh, that, that we're not in the midst of something moving that rapidly. But that, you know, whether it's just for a moment to step back and consider whether we want to continue down that path or not, or whether it take, we take a, a good bit of time to uh, either plan or prepare or reflect back on what's happened with us, right? As I said, there's this continuum. And we start to emphasize, we have to emphasize both as we move into dynamic intelligence. But the one thing that I think that we introduced that's new is that offline component, that I can use my mind um, to, as I said, to reflect on what's happened, to determine what I want to save in my experience for the future and how to organize that, um, that I can uh, plan, I can prepare, I can anticipate potential futures based on my prior experience in similar situations. I can match experiences with what's happened in the past. Um, and again, the line there becomes, it's not offline and online. There's a continuum there too because uh, like recognizing the situation that is similar to one in the past might happen right, right when I'm online and I'm thinking about something, trying to do a test, solve a problem, coming to a new situation. I say, wait a minute, it's just like that. That can happen very rapidly too. 
that we can also at times then sometimes we then have the ability to, to, to spend a little bit more time thinking about it micro experience mining and sometimes we just have to get in there and, and, and do something but in either case our, our prior experience becomes critical at least we have a little bit of time to, to go offline sometimes more now offline and online depend upon each other so i'm going through the day and in and the question is how do i learn from my experience okay how do i get if i don't get learn from my experience then i can't I, you know, I have nothing to reflect on. I mean, I have nothing. Um, you see, even reflection depends on prior experience because if you have no prior experience, how do you reflect? How do you say, well, gee, is this like something in the past? Is this not like, that's what reflection is. If you haven't built up a, a storehouse experience, you can't reflect. You say, well, this is a new thing. I don't I have no idea how to make sense of it, right? The way we make sense of things is because we look at how it's similar and different to what we've done in the past. So one of the problems that people with autism have is because they don't have that mind-body relationship, they don't learn how to do that. They don't build up that ability, the, the personal experience library, if you will, that they can reflect on. So why reflect? What can you reflect on? Right? And of course, then you can't plan, you can't prepare either. And each new situation, something new happens, seems like it's completely new, that it's never happened before because you don't have that archive that you can go right and you can recognize we call it experience matching we don't have the prior experiences to match with but my point is that all that also is dependent on what you're doing when you're online so here i am going through my day right i'm not necessarily reflecting going through my day and somehow magically something happens and i notice that that's something i need to save now often when we do that we don't do it consciously do we we don't often say, gee, I gotta remember this for Nick. This is a situation that I need to store in here in my experience for the future. Now, I submit that we would all be better off if we wanted to do that. Um, and that's one of the things we teach our parents and, and mind guides as well as our students, that that there has to be what we call a mind there has to be a mindfulness in the way we approach our day. Now we can't always every minute be doing that but we have to take advantage of the fact that we don't live in a whirlwind none of us you know i talk about a class five rapids those are rare events those are not our day is not spent hopefully in class five rapids without getting out even people in class who, who navigate through those rapids if you've ever been in the rapids i point out that those those people are very careful to stop before the rapids they, they i've been on those trips uh, rafting trips and they get out the, the rafts, they beach the rafts, and they go and they check the rapids out before they go into them. And they see how they compare to the rapids that they've experienced in the past, what's new, what's changed, what's different. So they do a lot of that work as well. And then once they're in it, yes, they can't do that. But those are very brief periods you know, of time. And that's true, I think, for all of us today. We don't, hopefully, want to live our life as Rapids, there are periods where we can be mindful that something has happened, a situation it doesn't have to be life changing, right? But small thing that maybe doesn't, maybe we want to save, right? It says something about us, our relationships, our environment, something different, something new, or something that reinforces what we were sort of a hunch that we had, right? Or an experience that affirms us in some way or challenges us in some way that we want to hold on to. So we learn to do what we call bookmarking in our model. We make that deliberate rather than, you know, haphazard. 
right? Because in sort of normal development, in development, it's very happy. Who knows what's for? So really, if you think about how is anybody going to learn to do that? It's like, how do you teach someone to do something that's haphazard? Well, you really can't, but you can teach someone to do something if it becomes something we all learn to do as a habit in a more mindful, deliberate way, right? We can do that. Guides, mind guides can, you know, go through experiences with their mental apprentices where they gradually transfer that through their own actions, right? Modeling that through help scaffolding it for the apprentice, where the apprentice is learning that they can go through a day and they can they can perceive through feeling moments, I call them happenings, things that happen, right? Happenings that are a bit different, a bit challenging, don't make as much sense, or are affirming things that are worth saving potentially. Right? And so that's sort of the nice blending of online offline. So here you are going through the day, you're not in a period of reflection, you're not a period of planning. But you have to be able to be a bit mindful to know when to stop for just a moment, take a step back, and we'll put a bookmark, like when you're reading a book, put a bookmark in a certain place or highlight a certain place, knowing that you want to come back to it. So basically setting up a little bit of short-term memory, a little bit of a cue. That only works, by the way. That cue only works if you've developed the habit of reflecting regularly, right, afterwards, so that you can do something with that bookmark. If all you do is have the bookmark, right, the online sort of thing, and move along, it's going to get lost. It's something that's a very short-term story. So, again, this is how online and offline work together. You have to learn then, as a regular habit, to stop and say, well, was that worth remembering? What was that? How do I save it? Now, in our model, all that's done, you know, in the real world, quote-unquote, Typical though, that's all done in a very haphazard, mysterious manner, just impossible to, you know, provide to someone else. If something, if something's like a black box happening mysteriously, you can't teach it, you can't, right? You can't guide it. But what we learn to do is do that in a more mindful way, right? In a more deliberate way, which is better, by the way, than the haphazard way, which is then developing the habit of stopping and reflecting and then. The next step is to then create a sample of your experience, to construct a sample. Now, again, in typical development, those samples that we then store in our brains, our mind, are constructed in a very unconscious, haphazard way. It's not like, how do I want to remember this? And how do I want to store this? And where do I want to store this? And what do I want to look like? Well, once again, there's no reason we have to you know, it's funny because our goal is not to teach people with autism to have that type of what we call normal development, which sucks. I mean, it's really a poor way of operating. But to really, uh, for all of us together, including people with autism, to learn to evolve a bit, if you will, and develop a more effective, efficient way of learning from our experience, a benefit from experience. So, once again, we are taking advantage of a uh, 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 of that, we, we're thinking about that now as well. Let's give them normal things, but let's use what we have to make it a more mindful, deliberate, effective process. We use the cloud, right? The idea of storing things, which is becoming more and more common anyway, in the cloud that's easily retrievable, which means we construct a product, we construct an experience sample that could be anything from a brief video to audio. Um, 
And if it's just a sample, sometimes samples are just little cues that trigger something that you feel. So it might be a photo, it might be a song, piece of a song, it might be something else that serves as a cue. Other times it's a narrative. Other times it's a hunch. It's, you know what? Um, I think that this keeps happening because of X. I don't know yet. It's just a hunch. Other times it's something that confounds us. Other times it's like, well, that didn't make sense. I better go back and think about that some more. So we say different types of samples of our experience in different ways, and we learn to do that depending on what the experience was and what, what, what the significance of it was. And then over time, those can become products. In other words, we, we start testing that hunch. We start getting several samples and narratives that sort of fit together, and we say, oh, you know what? When this type of thing happens, this is... This is typically the way it will go. This is typically the process of the time. So we say, oh, that's a type of situation, type of situation that keeps happening. And we start organizing it. And we organize it on the cloud. We organize it externally rather than keeping it all in here, right? And that has huge advantages. Now, people argue, are you then weakening the ability to retrieve internally when you're away from the cloud? And the answer is no. You're actually strengthening it. And that's what we have found. Actually, they strengthen each other. Because you're not always going to be, you know, getting your phone and retrieving what did I say, what did I think, right? So, and you don't you know, always can. I mean, sometimes, again, you're in a more online situation. But what we find is that through that more deliberative process, right, of bookmarking, reviewing, constructing, saving, organizing, and then mining at times, when we have that, we're also strengthening that ability to intuitively recognize something when we see it, right? To get those kids to, to it, we're also um, strengthening an internal storage, if you will, organizational system, so that we have the ability to move between. Uh, it, it really it's sort of a hybrid that becomes a supplement for us. If we have the time, we have the energy, and the need, we can go on, we can pull it up, but we can also use our own internal operating system. Because we're organizing things, we're developing it. It's not chaotic. See, we're developing an organizational system. We're also we're not trying to um, capture everything by reviewing. We're saying, okay, well, this no, this is we don't need to save this. <laughs> we bookmarked it, but it just it just confused. It'll just add more to something we already have, or add more noise. So it's not safe. So we're able to be more selective and filtered. And so for people who have trouble with that type of organization, and organization gives them a huge advantage or use help or support to do that. So we find that our students are great at that. So um, all this goes to say that as we're moving to the mind, we're also moving to personal experience and, of course, shared experience, right? Understanding that we continue to look at the fact that um, our experience is not the same as others sometimes. There's a lot of overlap. Sometimes it's not. That's what, that makes it exciting. We're not trying to get it, but we have to always check and we have to assume that it's not going to be the same and that we can benefit from those other perspectives and other experiences and they can benefit from us. So that narratives, for instance, or things we've experienced, the way we've saved them becomes things we share with others and they share with us. And it's one of the main ways that we grow, right? Through through that experience sharing. Other experiences may make we may use just for ourselves. And we learn that we can't just take another person's way of thinking about something and, and, and make it apply to us. It has to be personalized. We have to say, well, that strategy may work for you, 
you know you have you know who you are and what restaurants are, but I have to customize it, personalize it, make it work for me. So we're similar, but we're also different, and that continues to be a theme um, that we develop. So um, you get a sense. I hope you get a sense of how we sort of move along into dynamic intelligence, and we maintain. You know, we we develop greater integration of tools. Um, you know, whether that's imagination, creativity, whether that's a future, a prospective experience, reflective past experience, all become integrated together, current online experience, all becomes part of who we are, what we do on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis, right? They all become parts of how we see ourselves and others, right? And so over the years, this is a process, of course, that occurred over a period of years. This is what you know, growth is and development is. And, of course, the, the sooner we start on that pathway, the less we have to undo <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 and repair. Thanks, Dr. Gutstein, and thank you for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.